The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome back to the Daily Witness Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Van Fieren, and today's message is all about marriage. And the title of this message is called Becoming One Flesh. So let's get into a word of prayer. Lord, I come before you in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, I know that you have designed the institution of marriage. And Dad, I believe that, Lord, a lot of people don't know that. So Lord, use me today to teach your people And Lord, just give them general advice on a better way to improve their marriage, Lord. Because if there's anyone that knows about marriage, Dad, I know it is you. You know how to turn a bitter marriage into a sweet marriage. An ugly marriage into a beautiful marriage. A stale marriage into a fresh marriage. Praise God. So Lord, use me. Use me today. And Lord, let's get this blessing to your people. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul with all of our mind and with all of our strength. And Lord, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Thank you, Father, for everything you've done for us. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So this message is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about marriages. And uh, I know there are people out there that will be quick to say, Brother Andrew, you've never been married yet. Um, How can you speak about marriages? But here's the thing. We base our lives on the written word of God. And I'm talking about Christians in general. We, We should be basing our lives on the written word of God because the Bible is God speaking to us. And the Bible teaches us how to live in marriage, and the Bible teaches us how to raise kids. And uh, the Bible will trump experience. So there are people that have been married for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they think they got marriage down. But if you examine their marriage, their marriage pretty much sucks. Uh, Their marriage is pretty much defeated. Uh, Their marriage is filled with selfishness and bitterness and hatred, and their marriage is stale. And experience doesn't mean anything. We base, well, we have to base our life on the written word of God because God designed the institution for marriage. We did not come up with the institution of marriage. So since our Heavenly Father designed the institution of marriage, we should be listening to what He has to say. And, you know, the same thing applies with having kids. Just by reading the written word of God and studying it out, you can find out how to raise children successfully. And, you know, just because a person might have kids doesn't mean they know how to raise them. You know, it just means they have a child. So I want to talk a bit about marriages from a biblical standpoint. First of all, let me start off by saying this. Marriage is not the cure for singleness. So what do I mean by that? Uh, There are people that just want to be married because they hate being single and they pretty much want to tell all their friends, oh, look at me, look at me, I'm married. So yes, you do get those people that rush into marriage and they don't care who they marry as long as they get married. Now, you don't do that. You do not do that. That's not the reason to get married. You don't get married because you want to be married. And having said that, I mean, this is where it all starts. A lot of people rush into relationships because they don't want to be single. 
they hate being single and they walk around and they see all these couples being lovey-dovey with each other and they say that's what I want and they quickly choose anybody and they dive into a relationship that's not why you date someone. I knew this woman quite a few years ago. She was dating this guy who she didn't really like, but she really liked the gifts he would buy her. And I spoke to her and I said, listen, what you're doing is wrong. You need to end this relationship immediately. And she said, no, but I like the gifts. And I said, listen, like what you're doing is wrong. And you're pretty much lying to this guy. She eventually took my advice and she ended the relationship. But you don't do that. You know, you don't get married for the sake of getting married. A marriage comes when two people come together and they love each other with all of their hearts and their relationship just keeps prospering and blossoming and it grows up into a really beautiful thing. You know, so let's start off by going to Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 and I'll be reading it from the New Living Translation and it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So that's where it all started. It all started in the Garden of Eden where man was alone. And listen, man was already in his calling, the calling that God has placed on his life. And he was doing what the Lord told him to do. And then, I'm going to say that again, and then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the man was in the right place at the right time. And he was stepping into his calling. He was beginning his calling. And the Lord God said, hey, he needs a helper. You see, marriage isn't just about being lovey-dovey. It's not just about holding hands on the beach and kissy-kissy, you know, and cooking together in the evenings and laughing and joking. The marriage plays a very important role with people's callings. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, man, they, they love the cuddles. They want the cuddles. And that's why they need to get married. But if you look at marriage from a biblical standpoint, there's a reason behind marriage. And the reason is to carry out the will of God here in the earth. Because so many times people get married and, you know, the guy doesn't know he's calling the woman doesn't know a calling and they don't actually know what they're supposed to be doing for the Lord and they're very divided. And the thing about marriage, and we're going to see this in a scripture that I'm about to read to you in a moment's time, but uh, marriage is about coming together and becoming one flesh and the two have to sink into one. Okay, the two have to be on the same level. And this even applies to which church they go to or which ministry they belong to. Uh, years ago, I was dating this Christian woman and uh, she was a good woman, you know, but uh, she belonged to a certain church and I belonged to a certain church and she believed in certain things and I believed in certain things. And I saw that we were not agreeing with each other when it came to spiritual things. And, you know, the way I was raised, you have to have scripture for everything. You cannot make up Christianity as you go along. And uh, I remember she would quote different types of spirits that's not actually in the written word of God. And one day she approached me and she said, hey, I would like us to get into word together. And I told her no. I said, because we don't agree with the same stuff. Now, you have to have harmony in your relationship. You have to have harmony in your marriage. So who you marry really, really, really matters. So we can see from the word of God, there's actually a purpose behind marriage. Okay. And uh, secondly, we can see that 
God created the institution for marriage and uh, he created the right helper for each man. And uh, women play a gigantic role in marriage. And, you know, many times I think women feel like they're always a follower, follower, follower. But no, they're really not. They play a gigantic role in the calling. They play a gigantic role in marriage. And put it to you this way, they are equal to men. However, men have a certain calling on their lives and women have a certain calling on their life and each person has a special calling and you know when the right people come together that calling becomes so effective so powerful praise god so let's jump to mark chapter 10 verse 9 actually i want to start off by reading from verse 7 all the way to verse 9 and this is from the new living translation now this is jesus speaking and he says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one since they are no longer two but one let no one split apart what god has joined together so when it comes to marriage there should be a joining. The two become one flesh. The two are united into one. They are no longer two, but they are one flesh. Now, you notice Jesus didn't say they become one spirit, but they actually become one flesh. Now, what does Jesus mean when he said that? Well, the two are on the same level. The two are joined together. They no longer look at the opposite sex. When it comes to partners, they have found their partner, they're satisfied, and they want to be with their partner forever till Jesus fetches them. They are satisfied with their partner. They want to build up their marriage. They want their love for each other to increase. To them, no one else matters. Okay, they found the one who their heart loves. They want to go in the same direction. They have the same hopes. They got the same desires. Like marriage is a serious thing, and a lot of people don't know that. They just get married for the sake of, mm, let's get married. I've been seeing you for like two weeks. Let's get married. Let's tie the knot. You know, this is happening. But marriage is something serious. The two become one. Like God takes the institution of marriage very seriously because it is actually a covenant. And I've seen a lot of different relationships where two people come together and they don't fuse into one. I've seen marriages where the people remain selfish and they want what they want and the other one wants what they want and they don't meet halfway. And because of that, the relationship goes stale very quickly because no one is willing to change and that marriage either ends in divorce or they end up living a very, very boring life. So marriage is all about change. I've said this many times, you know, when a person starts dating, that's actually where the change needs to start. Now, I need to say this. Um, the Lord told me years ago, he said, couples rush into marriage, but they're not equipped. I'm going to say that again. The Lord said, couples rush into marriage and they are not equipped. And what was he talking about? He was talking about the fact that they are not equipped, spiritually speaking. They don't know the word. They don't know him. They don't know how to use their faith. They don't know how to receive healing. They don't know how to walk in divine protection. They don't know how to walk in the blessing. They don't know how to walk in debt freedom. They don't know how to hear his voice. And when things in the marriage happens, it tears that marriage apart or it puts gigantic strain on the marriage. Like you need to learn to be equipped before you get married. Uh, so like I was saying, you know, the change has to start right in the beginning when you start dating someone. That's when the change has to start and there has to be continuous change. So by the time the two tie the knot, you know, they have grown up into each other. 
Because dating should be a picture of what the marriage is going to be like. Or should I say it should be the preview of what the marriage should be like. I'm going to say that again. The change has to start right in the beginning with the two start dating. And uh, I know this woman and she told me her story where her and her husband, when they first started dating, this guy, he was a serious gamer. Personally, I've never, never cared about games. And I'm not knocking the people that do. But uh, like in this case, this guy was a serious gamer before they got married, when they were still dating, and he never changed. And now he's married, and he's still playing a lot of games, and he's ignoring his wife. And guess what? They ended up having a child, and he's ignoring the child because he's still playing games. And, you know, the change has to start when a person starts dating. And I don't know how people's minds work, because when they get into a certain relationship, and, for example, if the partner is very abusive... And they think in their mind that, you know, one day when they get married, all that's going to change. Guess what? If the partner is continuously being abusive and he's not changing or they're not changing in the relationship, guess what? It's only going to get worse in the marriage. And this was true in her case. Her then boyfriend was a serious gamer. He never changed. And in marriage, he's gaming even more. And people need to learn to address that right in the beginning. Because if a person doesn't change while they're still dating, guess what? It's going to get worse in the marriage. That's why when two people come together, two Christians, they need to start getting into word long before the marriage. When they start dating, they need to have Bible study together. They need to see where each other is at. They need to see what each other actually believes. They need to come together and start basing their relationship on the written word of God. They need to come together and start listening to teachings and actually going through scripture together and praying together. And if there's things that they need to work out of their lives, they can help each other. But for those that are already married, start spending time in the word together. You know, start reading your daily chapter together. Start listening to a single teaching together. And be very selective on what you listen to. Don't jump around from series to series to series to series. And from minister to minister to minister. Be very selective. I would suggest that everyone starts off with the love of God. That is the foundation of Christianity. That's the foundation of why you and I exist. Because God so loved the world. Praise God. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's not a long chapter. And I believe that this chapter here is something that every Christian should be reading every day, meditating on, um, growing into, because the love of God is the most powerful force in the universe. Now, the love of God, you know, you have to receive the love of God by faith, but then you also have to act out on the love of God by faith. So, you know, when it comes to marriages, uh, I've seen this many times, I've seen selfishness in relationships, in marriages, and when there's selfishness present, a relationship or marriage cannot grow. When there's selfishness in a marriage, then things get ugly very quickly. So this chapter teaches a person how to walk in love. So let's go through this chapter. It says, If I could speak with all the languages of earth and of angels and didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge... And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. 
or boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy only reveals part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now imagine living a life like that. Imagine your partner living a life like that. Imagine what that marriage will be like. There will be no selfishness in that marriage. It'll be like heaven on earth. Every day you'll be putting your spouse's needs above your own. And every day your spouse will be putting your needs above their own. And I'm honest, with a marriage like that, people will know that that is a heavenly marriage. Now yes, to get there, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take work from both your sides. But it can be accomplished. And it comes down to coming together and studying out the love message, going over scripture, learning to pray more together. And you know what? In marriage, be quick to judge yourself. And when you see faults in your life, work on those. Don't look at your partner and say, you know what, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, they're doing that wrong. Because I can guarantee you this, people who do that, they are in more fault than their partner. Marriage has been designed to be a beautiful place. Because you're living with your best friend. And it's even better when the both of you are Christian. Because you get to serve God together. But to get to that place of paradise, to get to that place of heaven on earth, it is going to take work from both your sides. And it can be done because God has given us his word and shown us how to live with each other. I've seen like a lot of marriages that are so stale. I've seen a lot of marriages that are filled with selfishness. I wish I can share a particular story with you, but I can't. But I said all that to say this. Those particular marriages that I were talking about, they were a ministry in itself. And they weren't, if I can say, they weren't a good ministry. Now imagine if your marriage ministers to others in the right way and people end up coming to you and saying, how is it that your marriage is so beautiful and everyone wants what you guys have? And then you can use that to testify about Jesus. You can use that to testify about the love message. And there will be people that will come to know the Lord because of your marriage. So that's the end of my message. I hope you got something out of it. I hope that you were inspired to make some changes in your life for your and your spouse's benefit. And obviously this will also impact your children because you will be teaching your children how a true marriage of God actually operates. Praise God. God loves you. We love you. And remember, faith comes by hearing. So keep on hearing. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run 
and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.